Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Emily Barton Altman. And I'm Toby Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poetry and the creative life. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Megan Kaminsky. I'm Megan Kaminsky. Hi. Megan Kaminsky is the author of two books of poetry, Deep City and Desiring Map, and 10 chapbooks, including most recently, Providence. She's an assistant professor in the University of Kansas's Graduate Creative Writing Program and an Integrated Arts Research Initiative Faculty Fellow at the Spencer Museum of Art. She also curates the Taproom Poetry Series in downtown Lawrence. Currently, she is working on a book about indeterminacy, attraction, and botanical forms as models for human possibility. We talked about plant thinking, a poetics of encounter, and she read her new poem in bloom for us. I, I was a latecomer to poetry. I mean, not, I guess, not really a latecomer, um, but in, I loved literature, and I read constantly. I had this very intense and embarrassing relationship with Tess of the D'Urbervilles when I was a senior in high school. Like I, I was really, really um, secretly a big nerd, but I was also someone who I ran track and cross country in college. I did junior Olympic field hockey. I was completely, uh, you know, kind of I don't know. I wasn't like a mean girl in high school, but I was, I was an athlete and yeah, I was not the kind of person who was sitting around writing poems. Um, or at least I wasn't, but I don't think I seem like that kind of person either. And I went to college and I think it was my sophomore year. I was in a, my first literature class and I got into such an argument with this woman in the class about Emily Dickinson, and she just said these insipid things about some poem, and my professor, Sarah Blair, um, pulled me aside after class and was convinced that I was a poet, and that's why I was so upset, and I was so entirely flattered, A, that she thought I was a poet, and B, like, I never even realized the possibility there might be, like, living people who are poets. I mean, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is this, like, kind of urban suburban strip mall wasteland on the beach i mean it's wonderful and beautiful in a lot of ways but i don't think of that that as the birthplace of poets um so i hadn't gone to a poetry reading until i after that in college but i didn't have the heart to tell um to tell professor blair that i um had never written a poem and she was she was scheming how to get me out of the beginning class and directly into the advanced classes and I, I, I just, you know, politely told her that I'd be okay and figure it out. And I signed up for my first poetry class. So that's how I wrote my first poem. I had a really horrible speech impediment when I was a kid, and I never received um, treatment for it. I've obviously gotten my got myself out of it, but I was terrified to read aloud in class, and I think. I don't want to be like cheesy about like finding your voice or whatever, but I feel like in certain ways I am more comfortable with myself as I've gotten older, and some of that is probably my voice. I mean, part of it is feeling like, I don't know, as a human being coming into my own space and having that translate too, but I, I think I 
feel comfortable trusting myself in ways that I didn't when I was a younger poet. I mean, my first poems, I didn't realize what I was doing. And Charles Wright um, was my first, uh, was the poetry teacher I worked with most intensely as an undergrad. And he used to tease me. He was like, these are like French symbolist poems. And yeah, so I was writing these intense little things. And yeah, getting to this point is, is different. And I hopefully will write different poems in the future. I don't want to keep doing the same thing. It takes a while to figure out how to write in the ways that you think and use language. Like how, does that, I mean, that sounds crazy, but there's this, I feel like you start writing, or at least I started writing, and I wanted to do this like this thing I had this idea of what I was doing or what I should be doing and actually getting to the point where I can really feel out where these these other possibilities is really it's taken a while um and sometimes the poems freak me out because there are these moments and these weird utterances work their way into them I'm really excited right now about the idea of plant thinking um, and how we might, I don't know, I guess through, maybe through what I want to think of as a poetics of encounter, how we might interact with the, the natural world. I mean, I'm not convinced that we aren't a part of the natural world or how natural the natural world really is, I guess, is questionable too but the the other than human right like how we interact with the other than human the sentient that is other than human um and i'm really just interested in thinking about this there's like this history of the romantic poet and his interaction with nature which is kind of i don't know i guess um I've been working in some ways since graduate school or even since I was a baby poet and didn't know what I was doing to try to figure out and problematize and find a way for myself to speak into that tradition of writing about the natural world without feeling like I was mastering it or attempting to master it or you know, Evelyn Riley has this great essay where she talks about not wanting to see nature, not wanting nature to be a, a mirror for human narcissism. And I think that's how the natural world, at least with a lot of the poetry I read when I was a younger poet, that's kind of how it functions, right? There's this sublime transformational experience. So I'm really trying to get around that and plant thinking um there's this amazing uh philosopher michael martyr who has this who has a book and he talks about ways in which we might think like plants and how we might understand how plants think um and i guess thinking about a poetics of encounter in relationship to that um as kind of a combination of phenomenology and deconstruction and maybe Gianni Vatimo's idea of weak thought. Um, so not trying to come up with a strong theory that everything can fit into. 
can fit into, but instead having each encounter uh, shape our understanding in that way and be enough in itself. I think of the poem as a mode of inquiry. So I'll start out writing it and the form kind of, I don't have a set form that I start with and that comes out of what I'm writing and what I'm pursuing and what I'm trying to understand. And then the research comes in and I read different things and work through it that way. And then that voice, the kind of prose poem voice came in because I wanted, I felt like I needed to ground it. I like the idea of multiple voices and multiple registers and kind of weaving something together in that way. Um, and it's a book, and I'm normally the only person reading the poem. So, you know, they it, it feels more linear and more of a progression. And I guess that's how it's working. But I'm also thinking about this as this layering and not necessarily a linear progression, but things happening um, and allowing for multiple voices and multiple registers in the same poem because I don't think that, yeah, I don't think it's, I think the things I'm interested in exploring aren't quite this flat, straight progression. It's more this kind of inhabitance. This is a newer poem that I'm working on, and it's called In Bloom. To attract congruence, wavelength to sign, reaching virtue-scented rosy, blushing to bloom, a metaphor more than metaphor, purple to red, adaptable leaf or blossom, stem or spindle, cotton floss guided through eye, pressed through fabric, stretched onto frame, each stitch a silo in field, a foray into skin. Furred paws hold on acorn, distancing held by another, more dear, more aroma of leaf fade, days crisping into October, into creasing eyes, promise and pander, night opening, just change. Curling up coral, pinked to silk, late softening to sun in touch, Miles of grasses brush in unison, prairie dulling to winter straw, shadow bidden earlier hours, feet bare under table, leveraging electric into song, into quiet rooms lit by screens. I sleep in the waiting constancy. Conifer sex happens slowly, taking several years, modeling the slowest exhale imaginable, Rooting into down, drawn by degree across fields, darkening. This sleepy breath, this milky heart, vellum continents, distant echo of waves, echo of watery depths, trains setting out into morning. I am interested in flowers because I am interested in attraction. And I'm interested in plants because I wonder if we, too, have the capacity to change. 
and I'm always looking up the time, configuring distance as if I could surmount the ocean to be that other breath on the pillow. Today, I am contingent, all meristematic possibility. Loam yields to limestone, clay clings to roots. I raise my face to sun. Building orbit into another year, another gathering of letter and glances passing forward through limbs, through intercontinental post, through the alchemy of appearing winter. It is possible to smell the ocean when landlocked. Imagine unknowing the word for blue, that every blossom will dry, will crumble. Particulate matter recycled, another assemblage of echo and voice rendered piecemeal into chorus. Knowing yourself no better nor worse, knowing the vibration of crickets and chest alone must carry, oil slicked into mourning, cries first incantatory. Each petal fattened with light, swelling to fill the vase, fill centers of rooms pink to mourning. We might have given birth to a litter of kittens, or moss wax-winged, each leaving dusted traces. This day is marked red, littered with heritable traits, blossoms that produce excess nectar, stems that spindle in search of sun, soft mouths echoing names across plains, lavender-timbered pleas passed into DNA, muscle recall made less malleable, Limbs ache the memory of grasses, the reverberation of each bee, each leaf cutter, each cicada corpse. When cut roses open to fullness in a vase, when forest heating dries out wintering skin, when luxury mall gives way to government offices, gives way to shanties on the hillside, I know that I am changing too a collection of responses to shifty variables, a map that I cannot chart in hands or pulse or memory of vibration. I am only the flowering buried in my chest. I am the nest of bees humming along, hidden workings in hips and thighs. Double veil of black. Purple on blue, slided into believing next will be spring and summer, adjoining into purpose and place. Though doubled flowers lack nectar, excess production of petals atrophies glands, another false plea. What is is often what appears. Continuous flowering, a product of sterility, lacking agents to say here, to say yes please. Leaves soggy in gutters this November, ribboned across state, lines calling back. Bull moon touches down, last graze of brow, last blaze of breath. Sometime an, sometimes an insect looks like a flower, a purpley white hymn to possibility. Hum and flush contracted cheeks warmed by widening vessel, the look one gives another when she crosses a room or her legs absent-minded. Glazing pink to white, to lightning, to suit consternation. 
the feeling one can slip endlessly between pages and sheets and airline flights across oceans. But these girls evolved from predatory success, the ability to cycle into blossom into song, heritable perfume dabbed mantis thin, warmed by sun, occupied by dinner, housewives and blue bottle flies, and that kind of certainty. Fingers on the pulse, fragrant and damp, eyes that fix on the one thing that cannot. This week's episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Emily and Toby Altman in Iowa City. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. If you like what we do, check out our website, makenobonespodcast.org, for all our episodes. Or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please consider rating us on iTunes. It really helps get the word out. Join us next time for an interview with Camden Hilliard.